welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a pop culture podcast about TV, movies, comics, and all things geek. Want to get into a character but don't know where to begin? Well, today we're going to help you out. I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Melman. This is Tommy Smithereens. And I'm Clifton. So this came as a suggestion from one of our listeners. So thank you, Vinny. Shout out. Um, we have a list of popular characters, ones that appear in movies and TV, which is typically one of the reasons why people want to get into a character more. So uh, we'll go through them and we'll list what we think is the best story for new readers to jump in with. So um, in tr- all transparency, I will say there are three characters on this list I had some trouble with. Uh, and, you know, I'll tell you when we get to them, but, um, we are going to start with Moon Knight, which seemed, uh, like a good time. We figured that there's probably a lot of, uh, uh, interest in the character and finding out more because the, the Marvel, uh, the Disney plus series is, is currently running right now. So, um, guys, this is one I had some trouble with. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just a little, I've read one Moon Knight comic in my life. (laughs) And you were hooked. <laughs> I was hooked. I was hooked. Uh, and I won't be suggesting that one. Because oh, okay. I, too, was confused. Uh, I picked up, it was one of the Brian Wood issues. Um, so when he, was, uh, when he was in the suit, still. Right. You know, uh, back in those days. And really, like, I just thought there, this particular issue, I think, w- did a lot with, like, panels, like, seeing through, seeing, like, like through um, uh, security footage and stuff like that. And I thought, like, it was just kind of an inventive way to, to to frame an issue i thought mm-hmm. uh and that kind of hooked me more than anything else um but so that was the one i picked up so i don't really have a good place to start off with with moon knight uh because i'm very unfamiliar with the character so uh, i'm deferring to you guys on this one so i think clifton should start <laughs> yeah let's start with clifton well you brought up the brian wood one um which that was somewhere in the 2014 moon knight series like I would, I would actually say that's where that's where people getting into the character now from the show. Like if you're watching the Disney Plus show, you're liking it and you want to see more of of this character that you're seeing there. That is where you jump on is that series. But earlier than Brian Wood came on, uh, Brian Wood came on a little bit later. Um, some he came on on issue seven of that run. This is Moon Knight from uh, 2014, and it started with. Um, Declan Shalvey and Warren Ellis. And that's where I jump on at number one there uh, with that series. I'm going to read it a little description and every um, issue in, in this run of the book starts with this synopsis. It's the same in every issue. So it's just kind of like the, the catchphrase to bring you up to speed on the series. And it says Mercenary Mark Spector died in Egypt under a statue of the ancient deity Khonshu. He returned to life in the shadow of the moon god and wore his aspect to fight crime for his own redemption. He went completely insane and disappeared. <laughs> this is what happened next. And yeah, so if you're if you're coming off the show, this will feel right at home, mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> like you'll be like, okay, yeah, I can get I can jump on here. I can jump on here and just to like pick up speed reading this stuff. Um, and it is where a lot of the stuff from the show is, is, um, first originated, uh, series went through like three different writers, uh, Warren Ellis, Brian Wood, Colin Bond for this stretch of it. Uh, the next iteration of it, which follows a lot of the same style that is familiar with the show that was groundwork laid in this run of the book. 
uh, had Jeff Lemire, who's um, you know quite a prominent comic writer right now. And uh, yeah, Declan Shalvey's the one through line through at least the first you know eighteen issues through much of this run, and he's the he was the artist and and is the created a lot of the visual look that again will be familiar from the show the Mister Knight the suit, um, Kanshu, as as we're seeing him in the show, the conversations of that everything comes from that so yeah. I think that's actually probably the best jumping on point is, is that if, if that's where you're coming in from, from the show. Yeah. The, you're saying like the much more than like the bird faced mm-hmm. look that, that comes yeah. from. Okay. Yep. Very cool. Yeah. That's from this stretch of the comics. Gotcha. And the conversations with them and everything like that. Yep. It's all from this run. Okay. There are differences. I think that's something we'll bring up a lot. Comics are always different. Mm-hmm. Um, the shows do a good job streamlining and, and picking out the heart, but yeah, like there's going to be differences. There's going to be some different things going on in the comics just because that's the nature of comics. So that's just kind of a caveat with all of these. It won't be exactly the same, but you'll yeah. see like where the, the ideas come from, where the heart of the ideas come from and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. I think that there will probably be maybe a broader conversation about continuity uh, at some point tied into Right. To any number of these characters, right? Because yeah, I mean, you're 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 picking up it, in a lot of cases. You're you're, you know, um. I mean, I guess maybe in few there is something like the one you were saying. Where like, you, you know, the Moon Knight stuff you're talking about is essentially kind of like a reboot ish of the character, uh, in the books. Right. right? Certainly. Um. Uh. He, he'd been away for a while. Right. Yeah. And I mean, this is something that like Moon Knight's been through a lot in the comics. Mm. It's like what we have now has been a slow like transformation over 40 years from when the character first was introduced back in 75, uh, 45 years, I guess, 47, something like that. And I mean, he got his first solo comic book in 1980 and, and like the, what we see in the show, the, the different personalities, that's there a little bit. And then just as it's been going on for 40 years, just becomes more and more and more until we get what we're seeing now. Right. And, and yeah, I don't want to say too much cause we're only four episodes into the show and there's still stuff I suspect we're getting. I don't know for sure. Cause mm. you know, who knows, who knows which angle right. they're taking on this, but there is stuff from this run that I still suspect is coming. Right. So watch the show first and then get <laughs> yeah. into these books. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, just wait two <laughs> weeks and watch season yeah. one of this show or whatever <laughs> this, the, finish this series and then jump into the comics all right tommy what's your pick for moon knight as far as which issues to what um mm-hmm. yeah like what's a good jumping on point for, for readers you, you say oh i <laughs> this is one of the few marvel characters that i had the least interest in unfortunately <laughs> i just thought <laughs> when i saw i just got i glommed on anything clifton said and i said oh that's interesting so for me i'm more like the uh this is new to me and, it, and i'm enjoying the uh the fact that I have no backdrop on this character, so everything um, Disney <laughs> right. Plus is showing me, like, oh, that's interesting, that's cool, you know, and and that's what I have to base it upon. So as far as deep diving yeah. into it, I'd be just as lost as you, trying to look to uh, to see which one to uh, glom onto. So I was also taking notes from um, Clifton when he was <laughs> describing it in mm-hmm. in earnest. <laughs> okay, it is nice watching the show, and I guess being as lost as 
the creators what? intend us to be as yes. the common man. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What change? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It's nice. It's nice not knowing where stuff is going all the time. Yeah. Right. Or where to lean. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. The only thing I would I, I would throw in is like basically where I first encountered Moon Knight would be in um and it's not even his own book really I mean it kind of is but um Avengers West Coast or West Coast Avengers the Lost in Space Time arc where basically you have the West Coast Avengers lost in time but at the same time Moon Knight is part of the group and joining and he's kind of portrayed as not really so much as the you know the modern take is it's quite, it's much more of a straight ahead superhero take. Mm-hmm. And as a result, um, Mark Spector just comes off lost a lot of the time. Yes. <laughs> okay. As, mm-hmm. as like, and it's more of the thing of, it's not like, it doesn't get overly supernatural. It's not like, but at the same time, he is being pushed around by Khonshu. Right. So I think if you, if you like that aspect of the show of like, he has no real autonomy or he can't really do anything, it definitely comes through in the West Coast Avengers, but it's much more of a Mark of more of a Moon Knight's kind of a weird dude <laughs> as opposed to. <laughs> right. <laughs> As opposed to we know all of the stuff that's going on in his book. Yeah. So. Right. Okay. So that's your pick. Yeah. I go with that one. Okay. Cause it's a great, I mean, it's a great storyline for the West coast Avengers anyway, but and it's also one of those things where I don't know if that's where they're going with the Avengers stuff in the MCU, but it's one of those things mm. where like a lot of those players are in play. Right. There's been, so some, they, there's been some pieces of it have appeared. Right. So there it's it's you know they could that could be where the team is going or an aspect of the team is going so it's kind of like it's seeded so but it's a great storyline overall it's it's a good arc to read. So right. with Moon Knight in it. So Who wrote that? Was that uh, Steve it's Steve Englehart and okay. then Al, Al Milgram but it's also one of those things where since it is a time travel story what I really like about it is that it does touch on other time travel stories throughout Marvel history. Okay. So you get those images as well, and sometimes art or pages taken from those stories. So check it out. Okay, awesome. All right, so that's Moon Knight. Couple of couple of picks there. Um, let's move on. We're gonna do Doctor Strange next because you know similar similar Moon Knight. He's got a movie next month. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we threw him in here just in case we figure people may be interested after uh, Multiverse of Madness. So yeah. so. Uh, Let's go. Uh, let's just let's just keep the same circle going. So, Clifton, what do you say for Doctor Strange? Um, as far as something easy to get into, um, I mean, kind of the first one I've read for a while was Doctor Strange: The Oath by of Brian K. Vaughan and <laughs> yeah, same here. <laughs> uh, art by Marcus Martin. I feel like the character had kind of disappeared for a while um, mm-hmm. in the comics. Definitely wasn't prominent. No. In the comics. And then that was like a, a mini series. So it wasn't even like a regular continuity story. It's just kind of a standalone thing off to the side. But it did get me interested in the character again. And it did introduce right. me to aspects of the character that I wasn't familiar with. Um, so yeah, I go with that one. It's a great book. You recommended that to me a, a, <laughs> a while ago. Yeah, it's a fantastic book. Beautiful looking yeah, Marcos Martin is. Uh, yeah, he's he never sucks. No, that guy's great. <laughs> never ever ever sucks. Yeah. That guy's terrific. I, 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 he's yeah. pretty much a must buy for anything he does. I love that guy's work. And then yeah. Brian K. Vaughn. I mean, come on. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that that guy's so good too. So yeah, yeah it's a great it's a great uh, mini, and it's it and it's a good if you like Doctor Strange at all, it's great. His uh. Pardon the pun. I don't mean this to be a, a major league thing, but Vaughn's batting average is like really, really good. Brian Vaughn's batting <laughs> average is really, really great. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, definitely yeah, more yeah, hits than, yeah. than misses for sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. So, Tommy, what's your pick for Doctor Strange? Yeah, but mine is not something that's really introduced into certain continuity because I'm mm-hmm. still waiting for it. And I'm hoping it's not spoiling anything by what the what the future MCU does. But my my most favorite Doctor Strange uh! story. <laughs> yeah, you know it's coming. You're just, you're you know it's coming, Frank. Yeah, I, I know. These, I, bo- well, you know. I have both these choices on my list. So go ahead. Not enough. Feel <laughs> bad ahead. for saying it because no, no. It's go ahead. Be, it's a it's a ter- it's a great book. Yes, and it stands by itself. It's a one shot. It came yes. in in a in a hardcover in a big like uh, I want to say what's the I can't say the dimension, but it was way bigger than what a normal copy. It's more would like be. a ma- it's more like a, a Silver Age magazine size book. Yes, and it was Triumph and Torment, Doctor Strange yeah. and Doctor Doom, in which yeah. you get an inkling of both their histories. And I don't want to spoil too much of the story, but you get a you get a you get a very 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 weird team up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's all I want to say mm-hmm. about it. Uh, it's great. I, it's great. Um, Magnolia does the art and the story, doesn't he? No, the uh, the great Roger Stern wrote it, and yes. Magnolia does the art. Yes. So. Yes. <sighs> and this is Magnolia before he really does Hellboy. Yeah, it's so before it's, Hellboy. Yeah, so it's it's pretty dated, but uh so beautiful. <laughs> such such <laughs> a great story. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh, uh, I, it changed my view of 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 both of them actually. As to what they can accomplish and what they embodied, basically. But um, great story. I hope, I hope they take an inkling of this story into the MCU. I'll be nothing but happy. Be Doctor Strange, Doctor Doom, Triumph and Torment. This one's super accessible, right? Because it's just, it's basically, it's it's a one and done. Air quote, one and done, because it's a few issues, but Mm -hmm. right, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And Frank, you're co-signing on this or you got an alternate? Oh, and I got an alternate. I had a, I had a couple because okay. I figured I figured if I, we, you know, wherever I fell in the, in the batting order, not to make another baseball pun, <laughs> but wherever I fell in the order of, of, of choices tonight, I knew the oath was going to be on somebody's list, and I knew for sure that Tommy was going to have oh, Doctor yes. Strange and Doctor Doom. <laughs> so I, I can't. I came with other stuff, so I'm good. Okay. All right. Fire away. I would recommend um, uh, Doctor Strange: The Way of the Weird by Jason Aaron and Chris Pachalo. Okay. Um, that's mine. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one too. <laughs> Basically, the idea being it's an introduction of a, of of um a lot of different corners of the magic universe of the, of of all of the Marvel universe. A lot of characters basically come together. Um, someone is killing off magic, and you get to see Doctor Strange uh, um, flex a lot of muscle he doesn't normally use. Um, and it's Jason Aaron and Bachala does some great work on it. It's a great story. Overall, the whole Jason Aaron run, I really, really liked. So that, yeah, that was my, too. that was my other choice. If I didn't have the other, if I couldn't get the other ones out before the other guys. So that's what I went with. This, this was my choice too. And, and the reason I was recommending this one was, um, like Clifton was saying, like Dr. Strange kind of, um, he wasn't in the forefront for a while. Um, I don't, I don't know if I can accurately say he went away. Mm-hmm. I don't think he went away completely, but he was definitely like like not in people's minds for a long time. And, um, you know, which happens from time to time in comics. And then sometimes what you get, you get like a, a big like comeback story where you get sort of like a back to basics approach to the character. Right. And and this is what that was. I, I to me, I felt like Jason Aaron, like it was very much just like, you know, we're going 
We're going back to what works about the character. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so as, as modern as it was, this is 2014, 2015, I want to say 2016, right? 2016. Oh, okay. I was close. Yeah. So it's, it's from not that long ago, but it's still, it feels very classic. It's very, very yeah. classic. Dr. Strange, like everything yeah. you would like about it is there, mm-hmm. you know? So, yep. Okay. Well, cool. It's a good one too. Uh, all right. So let's move on to, we are going to do Miss Marvel because that's a Disney plus show coming. Yes. <laughs> so Clifton, what do you got? I feel like this one's pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> she's not that she hasn't been around as long as the other characters we've been talking about. There aren't as many stories uh, as, and as much continuity to wade through as uh, with some of the other characters we're talking about. So she was first introduced in 2013 um, in a Captain Marvel comic before getting her own in her own title. But uh, yeah, it's Miss Marvel number one written by G Willow Wilson art by Adrian Alfana. Um, He's a great artist. I actually like him a lot back from his runaway days with Brian K. Vaughn, uh, who we've mentioned already, but yeah, I mean, I just recommend that first, um, the first arc, the first run, and all of it actually, of Miss Marvel starting in 2013, 2014. Um, it introduces her from the ground up. She's a brand new character. Uh, her origin's tied a little bit into an event that's going on at the time, and it's, uh, I think, going to change. I suspect they're not going to have the same mm-hmm. origin exactly for her in in the show, just from what I've seen and and um, just my own hunch. But a lot of it, you know, the origin's not that important to who the character is. The heart of the character is what's important. And and it looks like this is going to be very close, the show we're getting to this run of the comics, where it's um, a young uh, Pakistani-American Muslim young woman, Kamala Khan, who lives in uh, Jersey right across from New York and idolizes Carol Danvers, uh, Captain Marvel. And then is bestowed with powers herself and, and emulates her hero. And that's when she becomes Ms. Marvel. And I think it's just a fantastic book. Yeah. Right. It's just kind of fangirlish to begin with, but she really loves Carol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Carol's her, Carol's her the one that she like definitely puts up with her above the others. Like, nope, that's the one. She's yeah. the best. Mm-hmm. So it's a great book. It really is good stuff. It's one of those instances where, like, you know, you know, it's, it's got a legacy thing going for it. The idea that, well, you can't create new characters. I'm like, you can definitely create new characters. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that character easily broke the mold of that whole thing. So I highly recommend it, too. I, I love it. I think it's one of, mm-hmm. one of the better things Marvel's put out in a really long time mm-hmm. still. Yeah. Does everybody have basically the same recommendation? Nope. <laughs> no. Okay. Oh, you don't? Okay. But, no. No, but mine is by accident. I was thinking uh, um, Captain okay. Marvel. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, it's totally the wrong character, though. I, I was thinking. <laughs> right. I, right. I, you I was think Carol. Yeah, I was thinking Carol. To me, I, oh. what I was going to come up with was her, uh, her being binary and Uncanny X-Men, how that That's, came to be. Yeah. Right. Which, which is a different thing, 100% altogether. So, right. yeah. <laughs> Well then, well, but the other thing is, I see. Tommy, when you said Captain Marvel, I thought you meant Monica Rambeau for a sec. Uh, again, see, I'm even more confused. But no, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> so we don't know where that character's going to end up just yet. No, the other, the only one that I thought of because I, again, I thought the slam dunk was going to be her start in her own book and everything. I thought that was that was yeah, that would be easy. No, everyone would have that. But the one that I that I wanted to recommend was 
the all new, all different Avengers by Mark Wade. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And where you sort of kind of see her dream realized of she goes from being a fangirl to being Ms. Marvel to being now on the Avengers. Um, it also leads into a lot of Kang stuff. Not that I'm, I'm not ruining anything for anybody because they, they get to it rather quick. Right. Um, but the other thing is just the idea that I, I don't know much like the West Coast Avenger stuff. There's also a lot of stuff that's seeded for this team because it's, uh, it's Sam is Captain America. It's, uh, Jane Foster, you know, Thor it's, you know, uh, uh, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, Ms. Marvel, Iron Man, and, um, Sam vision. Uh, vision. Oh, and vision. Yeah. Vision. And then, yeah. uh, the young, not Richard Ryder, but Nova and Nova has been teased or been talked about by James Gunn for years now. So yes, yes. again, yeah. But all the again, all these characters are being you know have either shown up or have been seeded. So it'll be interesting to see if that's where they go with the Avengers next. But yeah, it's a fun book. Right. Um, uh, who does the art on it? Mahmoud Azrar. If I mispronounce the name, I'm sorry, but that's what I've got for my notes. But yeah, it's a great book. So Mark, you know, Mark Way does his usual you know bang up job of superhero stuff. If you like her as a character and you like to see her, basically, because a lot of times she's got that um, you know that lovable kind of. Peter Parker, not quite as bad as Peter, but kind right. of like, oh, you know, I don't know if I belong here stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then right. to see her make her, you know, actualize her dream of being in the Avengers is pretty great. This was um, this was my alternate and Clifton, your pick was was my choice, too, because I mean, it was an easy choice, I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like you're saying, just, like, she's such a recent character. Um, It's it's so easy. Like, it's one of those situations. She's not a character who hasn't had her continuity upended by some event. Right. And, and, and people now have had to sort of like, like, like do cleanup on the character, right. And run a comb through things to neaten stuff up. Right. Like she's still, she's still so fresh and, and, and like untouched by, by, uh, just, you know, comics in general, <laughs> like, you know, just kind of like, like bad, batting characters around sometimes with events and stuff, you know right, what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so that was my pick too to do the original stuff, but I had as an alternate, the, the Wade Avengers, mm-hmm. Yeah, thing that you're bringing up, Frank, is it because the lineup just sold me so much on that, and I liked that lineup. it was that it was um you know you had Sam Wilson as Cap, and you had Jane Foster Thor on there, so you had like you had like uh, um the mantles of like very very famous like prominent like like always have to be part of the Avengers, but yep. it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't Steve Rogers and it wasn't Odin's son, right? And so you had just mm-hmm. like a little bit of a of, of a twist on it and they were still like they were new to those roles too. Um in addition to the, like I can't recall many Avengers lineups that had like three kids on it. That's true as well. Yeah. And and I mean, that was cl- kind of and I thought that made for some character fun character interplay that there was a little bit like everybody kind of had like a different role and a different mm-hmm. interaction with other characters. Right. Yeah. Well, I think the, I think the closest you might get to it is when you have uh, Firestar and Justice, and again, kids is an arguable term because they're supposed to be in their teens slash twenties at that point, and music's run. But mm-hmm. that with its when it's um, that might be the closest you've had, you know, kids quote unquote, unless you count like Rage in the nineties. Mm. <laughs> but you know, other than that, no, there's never been that three like three junior members quote unquote. Right. So yeah, it was just it was a nice mix of like classic and like new spin on things, mm-hmm. which was which was all like really really cool. Um, and everybody was a legacy character. It was a time when like Marvel was really like investing heavily in into making their characters like mantles that people would pick up because I mean that lineup it's Tony, 
It's Tony mm-hmm. and Vision are like the the only two that were like originals that was still right. them. Yep. Right. Yeah, it was it was a really, really fun, um, fun book. So but all right, so we're gonna move on. We're gonna move on to Thor. Uh help me with my release date. Love and Thunder is June is July? It's <laughs> July. No, July eighth. I believe that's when it is. Yep, July eighth. Okay. Awesome. All right, so we'll get into Thor. Clifton, your pick for Thor. Um, a lot of these are runs I really, really liked. A lot of the ones I'm bringing up, and they're all within the last 10 years or so. Because uh, this one I'm going to um, the Thor run that started in 2012, I believe it was. It started as, from uh, writer Jason Aaron, artist Isad Ribic. I think it's how you pronounce his name. Yep. And uh, the goes under the title God Butcher is the start of it. <laughs> right. And that uh, I think is timely if you're coming into it now. <laughs> right. Because of the movie. Because yeah. I, I think we're getting some of that. Yeah, the movie may have something to do with that storyline. Not yeah. really sure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But it's a, it's a good run. I think it's a really good run, um, and it's a long run. Jason Aaron, like you, can, if you jump on there, you can, and you like it, you will have a lot. You will have a lot to read because mm-hmm. he wrote this character for ten years mm-hmm. uh, with different artists, and all the artists are good. Because and it also uh, after that initial run, which is um, about twelve issues or so. Um, then starts getting you into the Thor goddess of thunder, which also. Uh, if you've seen the Love and Thunder trailer, maybe may may come up. <laughs> so you get two runs back to back that seem to be pivotal at this point in time, uh, and they're both fantastic. Uh, Russell Dodderman was the uh, or Dodderman was the artist on the Goddess of Thunder run, which is is fantastic. Yeah, I've read all of that. I've not. I'm gonna. I'm in the midst of going back to read all of the uh, God of Thunder stuff by Jason Aaron, but the 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 Jane Foster stuff is great. It's really yeah. a good run. Really good stuff. And I like Dodderman's art. Not that it's a Ribic as any slouch. He's a great artist too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Tommy, what's yours? Oh no, to me, if if we talk, yeah, as far as origins go, I'm gonna say I know too much about the origin. I just loved um Simonson's run on Thor. Right, it's the classic stuff. Yeah. Turning, oh yeah, mm-hmm. yes, but they they never really dove into it as far as the MCU is concerned. I I just love what it embodied. I think I'm trying to I'm trying to look at my notes. I think I want to say it's the 300s, but I'm just trying to pin out what particular issue that Simonson started with because he also introduces Beta Ray Bill and him turning into yeah. a frog and his bones turning into mush. <laughs> There's a lot of like iconic Thor stuff in his run that you're right. I'm surprised that not a lot of it has been mined because it seems so natural. It seems to be like one of those, one of those bits. And and the only thing I can think of that's been touched on is the Surtur stuff from Ragnarok. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and and, um, the executioner stuff also from Ragnarok, like, like with the, with the, with the machine guns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Sacrifice of the executioner. Yeah. Oh, there's also the um the casket of ancient winters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, to me, it was uh, um he started with I think issue three hundred thirty seven. 
of yeah, Thor, like and that's way back. Like you're talking late '80s type of run, and which and he, I, don't, I wouldn't say he rivals um, the current run, but I don't think he was was he even on there for ten years. I want to say no, but that's how I remember Thor is Simonson. Uh, yeah. His artistic talent led to the character as well as his stories and what he introduces. Um, I love to read the Jason Aaron run because every time somebody brings it up, it's always this, he did this and he did this and he did this. <laughs> and it's all encompassing to the point that now we're starting to see it on the big screen, correct? Yep. Yeah, it's a much quicker turnaround for yep. his stuff than for Simonson's. Even though Simonson's yeah. got some stuff threaded through, but it's not nearly as um, not nearly as uh, apparent as some right. of the stuff. Yeah. Because that was a meme that was running around was was people showing shot for shot um, Esed Ribic stuff taken directly from the comic that's in the trailer. So ah, I didn't know it was that much. It was that uh, because I still I never read the uh, Jason Aaron's run, so I didn't know how closely it mirrored what he wrote mm-hmm. as opposed mm-hmm. to what's being shown. But it's amazing that if the, it comes that close to, it, especially being that it's well, it's not new new if he's been on it for ten, 10 years, but still, right, yeah. it'd be the most. Um, current version of Thor that people remember, which is saying something. That's a long run. That's a long run for a modern for a modern comic like Absolutely. run on a character. Like yeah. yeah, ten years is a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Simonson's is great too. And and his stuff is easy to find, I think. I mean it's it was traded not too long ago and, and mm-hmm. you know it's a long run too. I I have I have all of it. It's like five trades. Oh wow. Um but it's great. It's all great stuff. <laughs> and great looking too. Yes. But that'd be my contribution. You know, so yeah, so I mean, I, I, I'll co-sign on that too, Tommy. I would say don't be, don't be afraid of the fact that it starts in the three hundreds. I mm-hmm. mean, like there's some clear stuff when you read the first issue. There's some clear stuff that like things had happened before, but it's still like, I mean, you, you can, you can get with the program pretty quick with it with his run. So what's yours, Frank? Um, I'm actually going with a title that's not Thor because I guess it seems to be my theme for tonight. <laughs> um. <laughs> That isn't the actual character's book, but it's um, it's a book by. I had it here just a sec. By Robert, I believe it's Robert Rohde and Esad Ribic again. Um, it's a Loki miniseries that Marvel put out, I believe, in two thousand five. So we're going back a ways, but it's a nice take because it's everything from Loki's perspective. So you get to see everything, and and it's got my one of my favorite lines from Loki ever. And it's I'm surprised they haven't adapted more of this for the Loki stuff that we've gotten. But basically, Loki says, "How in the world could Thor be, you know, shown to be good without me being evil? <laughs> right? If not for me, what would Thor be right. able to do? Thor Thor wouldn't be as well regarded. Thor wouldn't be as well thought of if not for me. And it's a nice. It's kind of that you know that other side of things that we don't normally get with a villain. But it definitely gives you the same time of why Thor is so great too. So that's, that's my choice. I'd go with that. It's available in, in, in trade and hardcover, but it's a beautiful book. And again, it's just a nice, it's a nice compliment piece to, you know, if you like Thor and Loki too, just giving you that, that, um, that other, that other looking way, looking at those characters that you wouldn't normally get in a Thor book. Right. Okay. Off the beaten path. I like it. Um, I'm going with the mighty Avenger, which was the, the Roger Langridge and Chris Samney. Yeah. Mm. book that went uh it didn't go very long it only went i want to say like like eight or maybe nine issues it had a free comic book day issue like kind of like long after it was over yeah yeah i think it's like nine total counting that free comic book day one that had thor and yeah. captain america uh teaming up in it 
I remember right. Yeah. It's a great it's a great little um sample size of everything that is Thor. And mm-hmm. so this is this is what I read um just cuz I had heard good things about it before the first Hemsworth movie came out so that was like back in 2011. Right. Um yeah. so you know it's a quick study of of a lot of like you know you'll get the warriors 3 in there you're going to get like this is this is the the gist of Asgard. Um Jane Foster's in there. Um you know, she's she's like a museum curator or works in it like, you know, her. So sh- she's not exactly in the same field that she is in the movies Um, when you see her, which she I, she's just like one of those characters. I think that like her job just kind of like changes right <laughs> from time to time, yeah. you know, um, she's not a, she's not a faithful like, nurse. She's not the EMT driver. Or the- <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. She's Indiana Jones in this one. She works with Ant- you know, oh, okay. actually really close to like to like, you know, what what you know the Moon Knight character what Steven Steven Grant wants to wants to be in the uh, Moon Knight show. But she's like gotcha. she's very close to that in this. But yeah, and it's like it's Chris Samney, so it's absolutely beautiful yeah. <laughs> to look at. Like and every, fun, every right? instance and a, of it. And a lot of fun too, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, so much fun. Yeah. so much fun and um and there's guest appearances along the way so you get to see yeah. Thor's interactions and get to know the character that way how he interacts with some of the other characters you know yeah yeah super super fun i love how he draws um jane because yeah. it's like you get like like she she's like she's always like smitten like looking at thor and i just love it <laughs> <laughs> i absolutely love it you know um so yeah so all right so um we got some heavy hitters on this too. Um, you know, so we're going to do Batman next. Um, you know, uh semi timely, you know, he had a movie uh just a couple months ago too. It's now on HBO Max. So, um this is when when Vinny our listener reached out to me, this is this is the character he was using because he was saying his son was interested in getting into Batman and he okay. was curious like like what would be what would be some good choices for Batman. So So Clifton, what's yours? Um I'm going to defer to you on this one. Okay. Let's let you jump in because I haven't read any Batman in a long time. Uh, not okay. much. So I don't know where to jump in on them. Okay. You guys care? Should I go in now? Oh, no. You can. Yeah, you can do all of it. I think you'll get every last one of anything <laughs> we'll pick, okay. to be quite honest. Because a lot of what, to me, Batman embodies has already been established. Right. For me, Comic wise, it's it's hard not to say Long Halloween for me. Yeah. Um, I think this is such a perfect book for somebody who wants to come on board because um you're gonna get Batman as a detective, which is cool, right? You're gonna see all the bad guys, right? Like all of them show up at one point or another in this book. And what's really cool is that they're they're always sort of like Anytime one of the bad guys shows up, they're always in line with what the core truth of their character is. Like nobody's out of character in this book, right? So when you see Scarecrow, like you get like this is the Scarecrow gimmick. This is what he does, right? This is what Mad Hatter's gist is. This is what Catwoman's gist is, right? So you're gonna get like all of that. Like a quick read on all of those characters. Um, it's a classic story, so it's easy to find. It's always in print. Like libraries <laughs> have it, you know. <laughs> right. Also, um. And I think also it's, it's got, it has a built in sequel to it. There's another book called dark victory. So like, if you like it, there's a a very natural place to go to like next, 
mm-hmm. for what like what to do next. I think so. You know, for all those reasons, I think it's a long Halloween for me. I would have bet on that. <laughs> of course you would have. <laughs> I would have I would have put everything up to the line and been like, I know what this is gonna be. It's a great choice, don't get me right. wrong. But I'm like, I know you, so I'm like, nope, that's that's the book. I know for sure that's it. So what do you guys got? Tommy, do you have one? Well, for me, for that for I'm not gonna go for the best story. I'm going for the more sensationalized. Okay. Which it does. Mm-hmm. It's almost to me, it's almost um the same thing that Long Halloween does as far as uh, villain introduction or Batman's universe issue by issue which is hush don't like how it mm-hmm. ends um but for what it does and for the art of jim lee and what he, and how he mm-hmm. tells it is the selling point of this series in which you get a uh who done it or what uh, somebody's messed with batman and batman has to figure out by talking to his villain his his foes and friends in order to reach a point as to who's messing with him and to me, it's not the best of stories, but it's the best artwork done on the character in a long, long time as far as um, the detail that Jim Lee puts into it. That's what I found to be most interesting about it, other than um, uh, a who's who of his Rose Gallery at that particular time. Um, yeah, Hush. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's it's, same it's fun if you don't. Yeah, Jeff Loeb, yes. <laughs> yeah, same writer. Yeah, Jeff Loeb, same writer. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so it's funny, like the... I mean, they're very similar in that way. Yeah. We're like, you're going to see all the bad guys and they're going to be like who they are. Yes. For, yes. for the most part. Yeah. Good pick. Good pick, Tommy. Frank, what's yours? I am going to go with the Frank Miller, David Mezzichelli classic, Batman Year One. Mm-hmm. Um, I still maintain that that one's the one, even though I'm sure they've changed stuff and some of it does work and some of it doesn't work now at this point. Um, I just think it's a, it's a great introduction to Batman. Overall, we've definitely seen, you know, in various movies and places, parts of it taken, like the ending of the whole of a uh, of a uh, Batman Begins with the you know the card, you know, the, the calling card, all that kind mm. of stuff about the poison, the reservoir, and um, I have a, you know, the whole, I have a question. Go ahead. Sure. Is that where the pearl stain started? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know for sure. No, okay. I think That's it's what... Dark Knight Returns. That might be it. I yeah. got you. Okay. So, that might be it. The same writer, so it's Frank, it's Frank Miller. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I love I love Year One. I think Year One's great because it's also a Gordon story, which is nice. Um, mm. It doesn't have a lot of the supervillains in it for sure, but at the same time, it's got some beautiful artwork. Oh, that was like, and also we've seen the. Um, it's also in Batman Begins the bit with the Sonics, the the Sonic and the bee and the bats coming to his rescue, that kind of thing. Not to totally yeah. spoil it for people who haven't read it, but yeah. <laughs> I love it. I still love it. It's a great book. Yeah. Me too. No, I'll co-sign on it. It's another one that's always in print. It's always available. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure libraries have that one too. Um, but yeah, I- I'd go with uh, year one if you like Batman. Yeah. It's fantastic. It is. That is still, after all these years, that's my favorite comic of all time. I don't blame you. That's the it's one tough. like Desert Island. You get one book. I'm taking that one. It's a tough one to beat. <laughs> It's yeah. beautiful. The story's great. Characters, all the character bits in it are great. You know, all of it. So, that is my choice. All right. So let let's jump to Spider Man. What's a good jumping on point for Spider Man? Clifton, what do you got? Um, I'm trying to think. 
Well, take your time because I don't really have a narrow down at this either. Because <laughs> there's so many, there's so there's many points. Like, there's a lot yeah. of Spider-Man. Okay, you know what? I'll introduce mm-hmm. one that I found to be interesting, which was, I think, Spider- Amazing Spider-Man 299 or 298, where you get the first Venom. It's not really okay. a key issue for uh, Peter or or his other iterations that you will come across. But I thought it was interesting how they introduced Venom based upon um, Peter's actions previously and how it came to that focal point and how he how he creates a whole new villain as a result of it. Um, it's a classic issue. You, you, it's probably early McFarlane too. Uh, I'm trying to think the writer because I always forget the writer. Oh, at that time is it Michelini? Yeah, yeah. Michelini. Yeah, or Michelini. Yeah, Michelini. Yeah, Michelini. Yeah. yeah, I never yeah. know how to say his name. Me either. Wow. Well, yeah, this is my first time hearing his name correctly at least I, I, I butchered it every time i call it michelini or whatever or whatever the case may be i'm sure he's got, i'm sure he's gotten all of his life so it's okay oh yeah but that's but that's what i liked about uh that particular run um it just introduced the uh, a mainstay that everybody loves which is venom um mm-hmm. or at least uh eddie brock's venom let me put that out there first yeah uh that's a great uh intro to that which is almost depicted in spider-man 3 as far as what they try to do but they don't do it nearly as well. No. Mm-hmm. Too many moving parts for that story to work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, you do. And no, they didn't. But having said that, the issues are fun. Um, you get the origin story of a very iconic villain, at least the Spider-Man. Yep. Okay. Good pick. Good pick. Blifton, you, you, want, you want to jump in or are you still thinking you want to let Frank go? Um, I'll let him go. I do have one, but I'll, let, I'll, I'll okay. follow up at the end. Okay, I'm going to go with whatever trade you can get or whatever hardcover you can get that has Amazing Fantasy into Amazing Spider-Man number 13. Okay. Um, <laughs> because going that pretty all, much covers... Going all the way back to 1962. Yes, I'm going to go all the way back to 1962. Gotcha. Because that's what Marvel does. Marvel doesn't want to let Peter out of that box. Um, <laughs> so it's one of those things where, um, you know, if you're going to go back to, to what works for Spider-Man, I mean, a lot of like the classic villains are set up within the first year. I mean, they're just, you know, as well as 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 um as the bullpen and stan and and jack kirby and and dicko and all those guys were knocking things out for title spider-man does it month after month with villains for the first year they just keep cranking out Mm -hmm. classic supervillains that to this day you know they're still making movies about you know almost what are we talking about um 60 years later right Mm -hmm. yep yeah Yeah. so you know that those are established there and if you also want to get like the the formula of what works for peter parker and a lot of teenage superheroes it's all in those first 13 um you know start with amazing you know there's plenty i'm sure there's plenty of hardcovers and trades that's why i'm not just naming one in particular because a lot of those have it but that's where i would start if you like spider-man at all and again it's great to go art oh i would try to also get the amazing spider-man annual number one in there somewhere too so all that together is where i would start if you like the character at all probably like one of the masterworks soft covers or, or something uh, or an omnibus right? or an omnibus that would cover right. all that for sure because again you know once you introduce those all those villains as well as when they come together as a sinister six spoiler um yeah <laughs> that's you know again there's they're still telling stories about that stuff today so amazing fantasy 15 is still like maybe the most modern feeling comic book that i can think of for something that was written 60 years ago yeah like like it's amazing how like that one works i mean there there are other modern retellings of spider-man's origin you know 
also like in comics too, not just the movies and stuff like that. And yet still like when I read 15 amazing fantasy 15, like it's still, it can still like, it doesn't, I can't completely say it feels like a comedy was written today, but like mm-hmm. as far as like how it's structured and plotted out and what it gets at and like what it accomplishes in one issue. Well, like, I mean, it's, it's, it's an amazingly good superhero comic that happens to be an amazingly good morality play at the same time. Yeah, for sure. And you don't always get that in a lot of those early Marvel things. You don't always get the idea of like, oh, there's a there's a moral and a motto to all this <laughs> that mm-hmm. a lot of those other books don't have. Not to slight them, but they just don't have the same same thing. All right. So, Clifton, what did you land on? So I'm coming at it from a different angle now. Um, yeah. Okay. So we'll say, you know, you saw something and it sparked your interest through the comic and that thing might have been into the Spider-Verse. So instead of Spider-Man directly, I'm going for the Spider-Verse comic event from 2014. Uh, It was just spearheaded by uh, Dan Slott, mostly along with Katie Cook, Scotty Young, Robbie Thompson, Roberto Ramos is involved on art. Um, It's it's the big event that a lot of what you know is Into the Spider-Verse came out of. And uh, leading up to it, you had Spider-Gwen's introduction uh, and (laughs) then... The, the spider mech penny parker also came in the lead up to this event and uh yeah it's just a huge event where there are more spiders than you can possibly imagine all in one massive mm. event so if if that's what you liked then there's a place to find a lot more of it and and it's all great okay cool yeah it's it's definitely it's 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 definitely an expansion of the idea of like throughout the multiverse there's more than one version of spider-man yeah for sure right I, um, th- this was an easy and a hard one to do. I mean, there's, just, there's so much Spider-Man out there, mm-hmm. but tough in the way that I think like the soap opera a- aspect of Spider-Man is so crucial. Like what's happening to Peter, what's happening to Peter's personal life. And I think like that makes it tough to find like, what's, what's a good place to jump on with. So this was kind of the one where like, I didn't have. I didn't have the problem I had with other characters. Like I, I, I couldn't think of like where to start. Like I had too many to pick from mm-hmm. for this one. I had like, like nothing can stop the juggernaut. Like that's a fun one. Right. And I had like mm-hmm. the kid who collected Spider-Man. That's a fun one. But I think, I think ultimately I kind of approached it the same way Frank did. And I kind of landed on ultimate Spider-Man. Okay. Um, which is, which is, a you know, uh, the Brian Bendis, like retelling of, of Spider-Man, the Spider-Man tropes and the origin and stuff like that, like in 99. Um, and it's, uh, it gets convoluted like many, 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 many years down the road, but it's good for a long time. It's Mm. really good for a long time, I think. And, um, and it would also be where I steer you if you want to get into miles Morales also, Mm. because again, like Miss Marvel, he's not a character that's really all that confusing yet. And so, Aside from the fact that he like jumped universes to be in the Marvel universe, he started <laughs> right. in the Ultimate Universe. Yeah, because uh, comics. Yeah, right. That's how it works. But, I mean, but like his origin as it's told in Ultimate, like holds. Like that's basically it. You know, um. So so for uh two birds with one stone, I went with Ultimate Spider-Man. All right, that, that's where I. That's landed. a good choice. So. And that was another long, long run of modern yeah. comics by Ben, by jointly at that time, Bendis and, and Mark Bagley, Brian Michael Bendis writing, Mark Bagley on mm-hmm. art for 120 some issues, if I remember. Right. Yeah. Yep. As a team, they went yeah. for a really long time. 
Well, I find it equally impressive that Bagley was doing amazing right before he jumped to Ultimate. So theoretically, he's been drawing Spider-Man for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like if I recall, wasn't Bagley the one that helped um, create Carnage? Mm, I think so. I think you're right. Before, yeah, I, believe, yeah, I bef- think you're correct. Yeah. Before he yeah. jumped on to do Ultimate. So his his run just on drawing Spider-Man alone is incredible in itself. Yeah. And yeah. he and he was back on not too long ago. I feel like I think with Nick Spencer he jumped on again yeah. for a little while, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, all right. So that's Spider Man. Let's go on to Superman next. What are you thinking for him, Clifton? We're going with the easy one again. Okay. <laughs> all Star Superman. <laughs> yeah, I think that's safe. I think that's safe. By Grant Morrison and Frank Whiteley. Uh, 12 issue standalone that just, you know, captures the spirit of, of Superman, especially like kind of a less jaded, silver agey, you know, optimistic kind of Superman take, um, a little bit old fashioned, but a little bit modern and it's just a ton of fun. Every issue is like so packed full of ideas, every issue so packed. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, you know, an easy self-contained thing. You jump on, you appreciate the character and then, you know, just enjoy the ride. All right. So everybody cross all-star off your list. (laughs) If you had it, Tommy, what do you got? I'm still here crossing it off my list. Hold on. Okay. (laughs) You want some time to come up with an, with an alternate? If Frank has anything, by all means. Frank, I know you got a few. Oh no, I don't have anything for this. (laughs) (laughs) yeah of all means jump ahead of me man because i know i know frank's been reading a lot of the recent runs and enjoying a lot of the Mm -hmm. recent runs yeah it's been some good stuff recently i'm gonna go with um i'm not gonna go with with i've got another choice that's not obvious but i'm gonna go with it because it's it's something i think people should read which is um the trade superman in the 60s okay it's a lot of um where you get a lot of like the the kurt swan um kind of bread and butter stories like you get stuff like with jimmy olsen turning into a giant turtle boy and <laughs> you know various shades of kryptonite and um the phantom zone villains come into play right. and the, there's crypto stories and you know lois is trying to figure out who he is every other issue and um superman's return to krypton's in it which is a great story i think there's also the first team up with batman or one of the first team up with batman in there as well Ooh. it's just a great trade I mean, it's one of those things where it's just a nice, um, you know, again, it's one of those things that in the, in the silver age, people just sort of went with it and no one really was cynical about it. And a lot of that stuff has been redone or reimagined in a much more modern take. Right. But if you want to see where all mm-hmm. that stuff comes from, yeah. I'd go with Superman in the sixties. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, I'm going to pick your brain, Frank. Sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> what's the Alan Moore last story? Oh, uh, whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow? I pick that one. Okay. And what's the one where he fights um, Manchester Black? Oh, uh, what's about, what's so funny about Truth, Justice, and the American Way? Those two. Action, <laughs> action comic, action comics, action seven seventy five, which is Thank which you. is one of my favorite issues of all time. But yeah, I go yes. with that too. Yeah, I that's the one too. I'll co-sign on both of those. <laughs> yes, both of those are great. Yeah. I thought you were gonna say for the you can say for the man who has everything. Just throw that one in there too. Throw it in yeah. there too. The other, the other yeah. Alan Moore story that's amazing. So yeah, about Superman. <laughs> no one's gonna throw in the Jungle Line where he teamed up with with Swamp Thing. 
It's a good one. It's another good one by Alan Moore. I believe, that's, I believe yeah. that's Rich, Rick Veach. Rick Veach does the art on that one with uh, Alfredo Alcala as the anchor. But uh, the other one that I would say, if, again, if we're just talking Alan Moore Superman, and this is just a tangent because it's not really the mm-hmm. same thing, but it is the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. Alan Moore's run on Supreme is the closest oh, thing you're. Yeah. I think you're going to say that. It's <laughs> the closest mm-hmm. thing you're ever going to get to Alan Moore doing Superman on a regular monthly book. Um, yeah. Highly recommend mm-hmm. that as well because again, yeah. start with Superman in the '60s and then read Supreme. Right. Okay. Yeah. Somebody explain su- what Supreme is, because this is not a Superman story. No, no this is a different character <laughs> from it a isn't. different company. <laughs> right. It's a. Yeah. It's a. It's an archetype. We use the Superman archetype. Um, Image Comics. Rob Liefeld, I believe, wanted to do a Superman um, archetype or a pastiche type thing where they basically wanted to have Superman in the in the in the Image universe, and they came up with Supreme, right. and it was fine for a while, and then Alan Moore got on it. And then basically did all of the Alan Moore type um, stories where basically each issue is basically a, a throwback to the Silver Age, like the 60s stuff, where it's told that way. And then a modern take on stuff that happened in the, the 60s mm. story. But, you know, so it's, it's basically the other thing is that um, Ethan Crane, the guy that is the um, is Supreme, is, is a comic book artist. So it's a lot of, it's done, like I said, it's done in various styles. Um, great book. But again, it was the closest we'll ever get to Alan Moore ever doing Superman on a regular basis. Right. But it is not Superman. Right. <laughs> right. It's not Superman. It's like Alan Moore's all-star Superman, but it's Basically, not actually yeah, exactly. Superman. Yeah. That's Basically, what I was yeah. like. It, it, in our group, that's how we refer to it as. It's like it, <laughs> Supreme is like if Alan Moore did all-star Superman, his yes. own version. Yeah. yeah. You just kind of squint <laughs> and it's, it's a great Superman story. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah it really mm-hmm. is. It is. It's so good. Yeah. Harder to find. Harder yes. to find. But, you know, you, worth it. you get, probably got to check eBay or cons for this. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, it's worth it. You know, God, it's worth it to hunt it down. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, too, I had All-Star on here and I kind of steered away from it because I thought maybe unless you know what the Silver Age is, it might be a little like, huh? What is this? Um, but. Uh, and for a minute, I was going to say All-Star Superman number six. Like, I was going to, like, specific issues of All-Star Superman, because I do think that one, it's better if you read number one, but I think six kind of stands on its own, too, like, really, really well. Um, but I'm going outside of comics for this, and I'm just saying Last Son of Krypton, the first three episodes of Superman, the animated series, which you can find on HBO Max. Yes. I think, you know, I've said it <laughs> yeah, a million times. That's a great times. story. Yeah, <laughs> Is the fantastic telling of his origin, maybe the best ever telling of his origin. And outside of the get, comics, w- without a doubt. Yeah. You get definitive Lex Luthor, like his relationship with his parents and growing up, and you get to see what that's like, but also him in the present and what his parents are like. Uh Lois being Lois and like all her amazing glory. Like it's the best. Last Son of Krypton is the best. I would say they, they also like they do something that that is kind of like a, you slap your head and go, why didn't anyone do that before with Krypton? Like that makes yeah, perfect sense. Showed, yeah, they show Krypton mm-hmm. before it. The, uh, actually, they show the last days of Krypton and yeah. how he uh, his sent to Earth. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's done. That's it's yeah, it's we've talked about it plenty of times, Zach. The idea that if this 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 is the blueprint for how you do it outside of comics for sure, right. And you see Krypton and it's cool. It's not boring. Like when you see when <laughs> when you're watching it in the Richard Donner movie or in Man of Steel and you're like, get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right? Why is Krypton like, so Krypton's dull and actually gray? cool. In the- <laughs> yeah. Why is so why is Krypton so monochromatic? Right. <laughs> 
All right, so we're going to jump over to the Fantastic Four, and I'm not going to be a whole lot of help on this one. I had a hard time. Um, but Clifton, what do you have? Oh, uh, I know what this is going to be. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. <A> very obvious. <laughs> yes. So like, one of the books that, that really got me to appreciate the Fantastic Four um, was, again, <laughs> this one again, two in a row, by Grant Morrison. <laughs> and this is Fantastic Four, one, two, three, four. Uh, it was a four-issue miniseries by Grant Morrison and uh, Jay Lee and with colors by Jose Villarubia. Yeah, beautiful book, too. Who I mentioned because the colors are so fantastic and such a big yeah. part of the book <laughs> with, the, with yeah. Jay Lee's art. And uh, it just kind of encapsulates everything about Fantastic Four in four issues. Like, just a little bit. You know, it just gives you, like, hints of everything from their history. You get multiple villains throughout the book. You get... You get their interactions with Namor as as mm-hmm. the antihero antagonist, and his his flirtations with Sue and and <laughs> and Reed's role that we've talked about of where he just gets lost in his own mind for days at a time, thinking trying to solve a problem, and 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 Johnny being a hothead, yep, and and Thing, you know, wanting to be like wanting his life to be better than it than he thinks it is. <laughs> And everything's there. Everything's there in just four issues. And, and I really did. Uh, it, it, it showed me like what Fantastic Four could be at a time when I mm-hmm. wasn't really mm. all that familiar with the characters myself personally. I just hadn't read a whole lot of them before. And, and it just kind of was like a Cliff's Notes version, I guess, that introduced me to a lot of ideas from, from their 60-year history. All right. Cross off one, two, three, four. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what's yours. Nah, yeah, no. <laughs> You're going to be mad because I've never read one, two, three, four. Eh. Oh. You should read well, it. I guess I, yeah. I guess I'm going to read it. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. I, I know, I know. But I just, it just, it just dawned. I was like, have I ever read that one? Um, To me, it's a toss-up because I've always loved the original Galactus trilogy, issues, Fantastic, Vol- mm-hmm. Fantastic Four Volume 1, 48 through 50 in which Stan Lee and Kirby mm. introduced Galactus and the Silver Surfer. I mean, that old introduction, far, far, is still great. But it's weird because that's not my first iteration with it. It was John Byrne's run, in which mm-hmm. he brings back Galactus. And he makes it a bigger event than um, what was pre- what previously happened. I'm trying to think of what issues, because Byrne's run on Fantasy Four is just insanely good. Um, mm-hmm. When introduces, what he puts up with, like the whole trial of Reed Richards, that's interesting as well because based upon their actions previously, brings them to be uh, looked at as a whole. Like how he stopped Galactus is um, questionable, according to the scrolls, of course. But I won't say how. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. the whole ga- basically the whole galaxy's pissed off at Reed for what he did for the times that he's, yeah, he's for- dealt how he's de- how he's handled Galactus over the years. Yes, instead of killing them, you just. <laughs> you do this where he still exists that's everything right and oddly enough one that i think that's fun but it's absurd because it has nothing to do with the fantastic four as we know them is that three issue alternate in which we have the hulk spider-man <laughs> ghost rider and wolverine as the fantastic four mm. it's just so absurd but i yes. liked it because it was fun i think it was issues 
Yeah. 347 to 350. Were they the new Fantastic Four? The cash grab Fantastic Four. <laughs> oh, in, incredibly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it's arguably all the, the four biggest characters in the Marvel Universe at that particular time. And they threw them in yes. the Fantastic Four book. Yeah, I, I liked it. I, I, I knew it was, it was BS, but it was still fun. But those are my choices. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Burn stuff is great. He's he. That's like that's like the like it's the original Lee and Kirby run, and then it's like the Burn run is like you know, and you can argue like one or two, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um. All right, Frank. What's yours? Um. Hmm. I was gonna say. Well, I'm still gonna say. I believe because you know one, two, three, four is great as well as the stuff that Tony mentioned. I would say either. Um. While not as good as John Byrne's run, there's a lot of good stuff in it and a lot of good ideas in it is Mark Wade's run with Mike Waringo. Mm-hmm. That run, the more modern run, modern I say within the last 15 years, um, is really great stuff. Um, there's a lot of really cool Doom stuff in it. Um, I think Wade really understands how the characters act and react to one another better than a lot of people do. But I would also say there's an arc between, and I've mentioned this book, the, this arc before, this issue 200 before. I would say issues 198 to 200 uh, encapsulate what the Fantastic Four about because it's got Doom and uh, the big climactic fight between Reed and Doom that we don't, you know, we've only seen that one time. Um, that's the other one I would recommend. But I would say if you if you like the Fantastic Four um, as a family, because definitely it's one of those things where a lot of the family interplay is there with Wade, that's where I would go. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a trade for it right i'll look real quick and see if i can find oh it's just volume one of mark wade fantastic four it's a hardcover doesn't have it um imaginots is what it's called one of the first ones if you want to look for that one the wade and the ringo stuff that's where you start but yeah wade's run was fun i enjoyed it quite a bit okay yeah i got stuck on this one um not in the same way i got stuck on on our next character but um i was inclined to say start at the beginning but you know ff i think also evolved as like as a concept that evolved a tiny tiny bit so like if you get like number one you don't get them in costume and stuff so um uh tommy i'm co-signing on one of yours i say 48 through 50 the, the original galactus stuff like i, I just like reread that mm-hmm. you know um not too long ago a few you know like last year um and it's like it holds up it's still really really good and um you know i think there's some there's some stuff where like Johnny's got like crystal on his mind and everything like that. So like that's very much part of like his story in these issues. But you kind of see like why that happened. You get like you're not like you don't need an editor's note. Like you kind of see the very beginnings of that happening in the in in the issue. Um. So so I think actually it is weirdly it, it, being for such a, a pivotal huge event. Like it's actually I think very very much. Um you know, first reader friendly. So so I say that. So we got three characters left, but I'm going to take this time. Say first, if you like the show, you could check out all of our episodes on YouTube and let me know how it is.com. Just please. However you find us, don't forget to like subscribe and leave us a review. And finally, you can suggest a topic by going to us on Twitter or in the comments. Our Twitter handle is our show's initials. L M K H I I. All right, let's go with the flash. I got mega stuck. On this one, <laughs> mega yeah. mega stuck. Um, so I uh, I've read like the Mark Wade stuff 
a long time ago and I really, really enjoy it. It's all wonderful. But um, there's no there's no like my memory doesn't serve doesn't have a place where I can confidently say, like, start here. Mm -hmm. Like this is like this is this is where to pick that up. Um, So I'm deferring to you guys. Okay, on this one. I'm actually kind of in the same boat as you. Um, <laughs> Flash is one of like Flash is the character I have a blind spot at, where I've read some and I remember some, you know, stories I've liked, but yeah, I just uh, my memories aren't that clear on it. It's been a it's been a minute. Tommy, Frank, you got to bail us out. <laughs> oh. Tommy, Tommy I'm looking I, at you. Okay, well, first let me bring up the one defining moment that I liked the most was Christ on Infinite Earths number eight. And we you mm-hmm. see uh, how much of a hero Barry truly is. Yes. Um, another great one is um, Flash Rebirth by Jeff Johns and, and Ethan Van Skyver. That's a good one. It's like a six inning miniseries um, that I liked a lot. I'm not going to tell you what happens too much mm-hmm. in it, but it, it, it's it's a nice thing that involves Barry, Wally, and Jay Garrick in order to defeat Zoom. Yeah, that's a great one. Um, unfortunately, Flashpoint is in that in that um, <laughs> in that thing. But I don't care for Flashpoint that much, just because. Ugh. <laughs> but <laughs> but that's that's the first things I think about when I'm thinking about the Flash. Um, as far as great stories yeah. concerning him, and those are my I'm picks. With you. I don't like I don't like it either. But man, people love Flashpoint. It's one of those that like I think it's I think it's the like dystopian alternate dimension thing like if you like that stuff you you know your chances are you're gonna like flashpoint yeah right wouldn't you say yes no that's 100 percent the case yeah you got any more <laughs> um i didn't think i was packing a lunch for everybody so no you didn't you don't <laughs> have to i got i got you don't worry about it i got you guys yeah <laughs> so okay i would recommend reading um showcase presents the flash volume one and volume two uh, much like okay. first year of Amazing Spider-Man um, and Amazing Fantasy and show, like in this case, Showcase and then the Flash is one that basically takes over. Um, you're going to get everything. You're going to get all your major villains. You get Captain Cold, Heat Wave, Boomerang, Cap- uh, all the all the all that stuff out within the first year. So they again, they much much the same way that Ditko and Lee did. They knock out villains really, really quick. And again, these are villains that are still established to this day. But I would recommend reading those two. And then I would say read The Trial of Barry Allen, because that's a great one. And then you could read Crisis, and then Return of Barry Allen if you like Wally West. Because again, that's one other thing to, con- to consider with the, with the Flash, at least, is we have, you know, more than one <laughs> to consider. Mm-hmm. But I would, I would look at the, the older, the 60s stuff first, the Silver Age stuff. You need to go back to that, and then, because it's just the, 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 the bedrock is the basis for it. And then, um, like I said, The Trial. Uh, like Tommy said, Crisis is another great one, and then um, the Return of Barry Allen in in, in Wally's book, okay, by Mark Wade and uh, Greg LaRoque. Zach, mm-hmm. um, I'm surprised you didn't mention um because I can't. Oh my gosh, it just jumped in my head. What's the Darren Cook uh book that you love? New Frontier. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd argue to say that's, that's a, a strong too. Flash story. That's a good one too. Yeah, it is a good one. Yeah, it is a good one. You are right. Good, good uh, segue to to our next character, which is Green Lantern, which that was on my maybe <laughs> list for Green Lantern. Ah. Was New Frontier also? Yes, because 
I I think I think it's like one of the better retellings of of Hal's origin. Yeah, yeah, it's you strong. Know? Yep, no, it's a good one for sure. It is a good one. The only reason I I stepped out of it was because it's a it's a period piece. It's it's like takes place in the sixties, and so you know, not to confuse people to be like, I mean, it's his origin is is essentially what we get, but also at the same time, I don't you know. I don't also want people walking around thinking like, wait, so like, you know, he knew Kennedy? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right, of course. Right? Yeah. Like, yes. right? He was part of Camelot. Not that Camelot, yeah. the modern Camelot. Yes. So what do you got, Clifton? I mean, this is one again, like, I mean, I've read Green Lantern. I like Green Lantern stories, but I cannot, like, if we're talking about where to jump on, where can somebody, you know, come in now? Like, I don't know what those stories are. <laughs> I haven't mm-hmm. read much recently. I haven't read much that that would would bring somebody up to speed quick. Mm-hmm. Tom, you got any? <laughs> not, not really. Um, Frank, what's that one miniseries that came out that reintroduced Hal after the whole Parallax, Parallax fiasco? Well, that was the one that I was going to list is the... Um... Is the is the Green Lantern by Jeff Johns book one, which has Green Lantern Rebirth, yes, and then Rebirth, Green Lantern one through three, uh, Green Lantern Core Recharge one through five, and then the Secret Files that I know that uh, Zach is a big fan of. Yes, I am. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Wait, which is which is the one that um, it explains why Abin Sir ends up giving the ring to Hal? Um, I don't know if it it should be in there because it's part of the. I think it's part of Rebirth. Is it really? Mm-hmm. I think so. Okay. Uh, that was going to be one. I, yeah. It definitely cleans up all the stuff with Parallax and basically resets, resets Hal for up to, to where he is now. Now, I couldn't tell you now because I know Grant Morrison, um, who we've mentioned a couple times in this episode, has a newer Green Lantern series that's like on uh, like year two worth of books, but I have not had a chance to read it yet. Um, mm-hmm. But But for the more quote unquote modern take and modern is always shifting, but I would start there. I mean, it, it basically starts to outline all the stuff of, and then Jeff John's run of that book is really great for a long time. Helped keep Green Lantern into more of a prominence than he'd ever been in a while. So since before yeah. he went bad in the nineties, quote unquote. Yeah, for sure. So I would go there. If you like Hal Jordan and the rest of the Green Lantern Corps, I would definitely go with that Green Lantern by Jeff John's book. Yeah. John's is, is like one of the seminal creators on Green Lantern. I would say at this point, um, you know, as far as, as far as, you know, kind of what we talked about with Dr. Strange, like as far as like a back to basics approach. Yep. Like, I think, sure. I think, he, I think he pretty much nails it. Um, I put, uh, I put Emerald Dawn on my list, which was, um, Hal's retelling of his origin, like post crisis. So that's a good one. So that's a like good one. 88, 89. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think that's going to get you like up to speed pretty quick. So that's Keith Giffen and, and Gerard Jones. But the first issue was written by, uh, Jim. Is it Osley? Owsley, but it's also who's also okay. who becomes Christopher Priest. Oh, really? I didn't know that. No kidding. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah, really he, cool. So he's the first issue of Emerald Dawn. Yeah. He changed his name and art by art by M.D. Bright. Yeah. For the whole thing. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I think that's a good place to start. But I think uh, you know, man, I it's I I would never say start with this because I think you got to kind of you you got to kind of um know your onions a little bit. Mm-hmm. With this, but Sinestro Core is some of the most fun comics I've ever read in my life. Sinestro Core War. That's what I was I was gonna get to was the idea that um 
Yeah, make sure you start with the the because Jeff Johns tells a really good long story in this, and it's one of the things where when you get to Sinestro Court War, it's well worth it to get mm-hmm. to that point. So yeah, and so so what I would say for Sinestro Corps, I would I would I would say Emerald Dawn just to kind of get caught up a bit. Um, you know, know that know that the character turns heel and dies <laughs> and then comes back in you know rebirth for the Jeff Johns stuff. I should have stayed dead. Yes, yes, yes. And then um. But I would say also to pick up the Alan Moore stories that that he did for mm, Green yeah. Lantern, which I which I are, are like heavily heavily played upon in Sinestro Corps War as as short stories as these are. So one is Tigers, and I keep getting the name wrong. I want to say F Sharp Bell, but that's the character. Mm-hmm. So is is it if I were a Bell? Um, not sure. There's in t- you said it's Tales of the Green Lantern Corps, right? Right. Is it really if I were a Bell? That's one of those. I always get the title wrong. Uh, I always okay, get I the title wrong. No, I know. I'm but, trying to um, say it. Sound like a Tina Marie song. <laughs> In Blackest Night is the title of his story. In Blackest Night? Yep. Ah, okay. That's the title okay. of the short story. There you go. Man, no kidding. I I always get that wrong. But yes, it's in that green it's in the Green Lantern Corps. Yeah. So in my thing, so like I, I started Sinestro Corps War. Um, when Frank, when you were suggesting it to me, so I was like, I was reading some of it and then I read the Alan Moore stuff, like in the middle, like at the same time. Right. Because mm. I'd heard that like it played off it and reading it, reading the Alan Moore stuff. I'm going, Oh wait, wow. This character that I thought was created for Sinestro Core, he's in here. And this idea mm. it's in here and this idea, right. <laughs> right. Like, Oh yeah. He does in these two short stories. He does so much for like 10 years worth of like green lantern that somebody else picked up and ran with. <laughs> you know, yeah, and they're just oh, yeah. like ideas that he just drops out there. Alan Moore, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really fun stuff. All right. Okay, last entry. Captain America, everybody. <laughs> oh, this one I'm bowing out of because most of the stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I I never really read anything concerning Captain America unless my brother gave it to me or he was in an Avengers book. Um the only thing I can think of of anything that Brubaker's done, and I couldn't really tell you which ones that he's done. Mm-hmm. I'm, sure, I'm sure somebody here will will highlight that abundantly clear. But other than mm-hmm. that, I couldn't really tell you the pivotal points of Cap's uh, uh, tenure in the Marvel comics. What do you say, Clifton? I'll, I'll pick up that thread <laughs> from Brubaker, <laughs> from Ed Brubaker, and say Winter Soldier. Mm, um, yeah. Going back to what was it? It's like 2007, 2006. Um, Ed Brubaker and who's the artist? Epting, Steve Epting. Steve Epting. Steve Epting. Yeah, Steve Epting, of course. Um, yeah, it's when, you know, a lot of what we've got now, like a lot of the characters we know from from that corner of the Marvel Universe, the the stories with Bucky, the stories that, you know, everything that's come out of that, it, it started there. It started there in that story. Um, with the return of Bucky, the character long, long, long thought dead in the comics. <laughs> mm-hmm. One of the only characters who never seemed to come back, despite everybody else coming back. And uh, and yeah, it's it's just a suspenseful, like kind of throwback to a you know seventies espionage, paranoia, Manchurian Candidate story. A lot of it, you know, was was mined for the Winter Soldier, the film, 
But the comic is is different enough that like you're not gonna think like oh I saw this movie like there's a lot of stuff in there that did not make that isn't in the movie and right. <laughs> like eight years worth of stuff that's yeah, not into the yeah, movie too exactly right? yeah and so <laughs> yeah. like like if you like that then no man there's just more and more of this stuff for you to enjoy yeah but so that's where I would say I would go back to that first yeah good choice All right Frank what do you say. I'm going to go in with a little more, um, a little more recent from 2012. Uh, it's by Rick Remender. It's Captain America Castaway in Dimension Z. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically a story where Cap ends up in another dimension that's uh, ruled by Arnim Zola. And it's one of those stories of, you know, Cap being Captain America also being a, um, you know, with, when he's not in a world that's immediately going to respect the fact that he's Captain America or the fact that his shield stands for anything or that he stands for anything. He basically has to turn the tide of this entire um, dimension to fight back Arnim Zola. And it's very, you know, it's a very um, inspirational piece for Captain America because it's, it's, you know, it's, it's typical Reminder stuff where it's, it's good, you know, like science fiction type stuff at the same time, Cap basically has to show this place, what his idea, what he's all about and his ideals while also trying to, to deal with Arnim Zola. And I think Remeter does a great job in it. Uh, it's John Romita Jr. on art with Klaus Janssen as the inker. Really good, fun stuff. Again, it's not something that we normally see for Captain America, but I loved right. it. I thought it was a great take. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I have some stuff that's maybe not quite like, you know, like you won't see it influencing the movies that much, but I have like the Roger Stern Captain America run from, from was it late 70s, early 80s. Um, which is all traded. Um, was it Warren, Warren Remembrance? That one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that stuff. It's so like, like it's really kind of anchored. I think it's the most famously it would be remembered by uh, one issue with Baron Zemo. Mm-hmm. Uh, one fight with Baron Zemo, to, yeah. <laughs> to say more specifically. Um, and the issue where, Fra- where um, uh, why I say Frank, yeah. he didn't run for president. Captain America <laughs> runs for president. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And it it sounds silly, but it's actually a very, very like good, like kind of pointing issue. And it's just um, it's just great stuff. It's like you're going to see some classic bad guys in there. And, you know, there's there's some of it will be unfamiliar. Like there's some characters in there that, you know, have not popped up in the TV shows or in the movies. But uh, there's a nice through line through all the issues. And um, and it's just like I said, it's just really, really fun stuff. And um, I see it at cons all the time. Uh, so it's out there, <laughs> right. um, you know, so, all right. Well, at the very least we got everybody's like weekend reading lists, like set up for them. So, yep. So this is fun. I thought this was a fun episode to do. So, so Vinny, thanks. Thanks for the suggestion. I thought this was really cool. Um, as always, we'll post links and examples to everything we talk about. on let me know how it is.com. Please remember to like us and follow us on social media and we will see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye.